If you have your Bible with you, you want to get that out. If you need a Bible to follow along for today's message, you just raise your hand. One of the ushers will hand you a Bible. Today we're going to talk about the big story, the big story of the Bible and how understanding the big story of the Bible is going to help make sense out of life. Yes. And so um, as we, before we begin, let's just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Father, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to read your word, to study your word, hear your word. Father, we know that in your word we find the meaning and purpose of life as you understand it and as you have given it to us. And so we ask you, Holy Spirit, open our eyes, lead us, Holy Spirit, teach us this morning. And I pray you give us each receptive heart yes. uh, to hear and obey the things that you say. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we have been reading uh, as a church through the uh, chronological Bible that's on the YouVersion app. We started January 10th, and uh, we finally in October made it to the New Testament. <laughs> I began to wonder, are we ever going to get to the New Testament? Because really the Old Testament... Uh, it makes up about two-thirds of the Bible, and the New Testament is smaller. It's only one-third of the Bible. And yet, the whole Bible, the entire Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament, is one continuous story. Right. And it all is really pointing to Jesus. It's pointing to him, really, in all, every page of the Old Testament. It's pointing to him from Genesis that the, a Messiah is coming, and a Savior is coming, the giver of life, Amen. the one who will give life back to the world. And so the Bible uh, is one big story. It starts with creation. And then the Bible, right in Genesis, we see the fall happen, when sin happens, when Adam and Eve sin. And then there's the redemption, the plan of redemption that the Father begins, even in the Old Testament. And then there's going to be this final restoration of all things. Yes. It doesn't just end with redemption and salvation. God is coming with a full restoration, a new heaven and a new earth, where yes. sin will be completely put away. There will be justice and righteousness will rule and reign. In fact, Jesus is coming back to the earth to be king over the earth, to rule and reign in yes. righteousness. And so that Bible is really telling one big continuous story of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working together in unity to bring this final restoration, the kingdom of God, onto the earth, which was God's original plan and design when you read in Genesis. And so when you understand the big picture, and we really have to understand the big picture of our life, because if you just go about everyday life in your little, you know, like treadmill, <laughs> you get up, you go to work, you come home, you do your thing, you know, you buy your stuff and blah, blah, blah. You miss the big picture. Yeah. So this is so important that we understand why we're here, what's going on. And it makes your life, when you see the big picture, make sense of your life. And any seeking person can find answers yes. to the greatest questions of life. Yes. Where did I come from? <laughs> Why am I here? And where am I going? Those are big questions. Mm -hmm. And any seeking person 
when you open up the Bible, and even when you hear this message today, I believe will start to give you answers yes. to those questions in your life so that you live a meaningful life and you live a God-purposed life. So when you begin to see the big picture, the story of your life, um, which begins in the Old Testament, all right? That's the first part of the story. The first three chapters of Genesis tell us a lot, all right? It starts with how the world began. We, I think we all know that Genesis, that means beginning, that word. And your spiritual roots are here. We talked a little bit about this last week. It starts with how the world began and what God was doing and what were his intentions in creating the yeah. world and creating people. We said last week, it was a desire, it was his desire to create a family. Adam and Eve were the first two parents, if you will. We were in Adam and Eve. God desired sons and daughters yes. and family. Look at on PowerPoint, Genesis 1:28. And God blessed them, this is Adam and Eve, and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the, he of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And so God wanted, if he said multiply, mm -hmm. he, wanted more, he wanted Adam and Eve to have more children, more sons and daughters. And on that day, on the sixth day, God said on that sixth day, he, he said God saw everything that he made and he said, and behold, it's he said it was very good. Yeah. He used very good for that day. <laughs> and so we have, when we look at this scripture and we look at the first couple of chapters in Genesis, we, we do see where we came from. Right. That all mankind was in the first Adam. Yes. And we gain an incredible understanding if you begin to look at it of God's heart. What was he doing? What was his intention in creating everything that he did? He, was, he, was, he had a perfect design in his mind, an original design in his mind. And so when we look at creation and we just begin to see the vastness of everything that he's done, of the vastness of the galaxies, like, for instance, if you look up at the night sky, now it's hard around here because we have a lot of hills and there's a lot of light, but if you would go to a place like this, and that's really the Milky Way, with the naked eye. Yeah, that's not smoke from the fire. Yeah. <laughs> With the naked eye, a person looking up in the sky on a wide open space could see about 5,000 stars in the sky on a clear night. And yet, the Milky Way galaxy that we are a part of, that the mm -hmm. Earth is a part of, has more than 200 billion stars. Okay, so you might see 5,000, but there are 200 billion of them out there. Yet, there are more than a hundred billion galaxies. Known galaxies. Known galaxies in an ever-expanding universe. So put that next slide up to put it in perspective. <laughs> if you consider the Milky Way galaxy and Earth somewhere in there, it gives you a little perspective <laughs> of the vastness of what God has created when he created the heavens yes. and the earth, all right? And if you could quickly like zoom down from the vastness of the universe and zoom down into the 
creation, the beauty of the earth, you would find Look at that. a million different intricacies in, of the wisdom of God, For the beauty sure. of God's creation. Yeah. Exquisite things, all created by the, the wisdom of God, all fine-tuned mm -hmm. to function together in seasons, in cycles. And it's beautiful. Like when you look at, I mean, I know that might be small up here to, to see, but the oceans and the mountains, and those are flamingos, actually. That's a type of flamingo. I was right. When we put this together, we were talking One. about. <laughs> and every man knows it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in all of what God has created, you know, in the, a flamingo isn't created in the image of God. Hey, come on. Nor is a mountain created in the image of God. The fish isn't created in the image of God. The turtle, the forest, the trees, they're not created in the image of God. Yes, they are the handiwork of God. We see his fine-tuned wisdom working in all of it. His handiwork is there. And it's certainly in the heavens, because the scripture says the heavens declare. Yes, the glory of God. They're yes. declaring his glory. But they are not made in the image of God. This is so important for us to understand because of all the vastness of creation, only human beings, only on that day six when he created. Adam and Eve, when Adam and Eve came from the cre that creation when he said, you are made in the image and likeness of God. And that's what makes you special. Amen. That's what makes you valuable. That of everything that God has made, the crowning part of his creation was man when he made him in the image and likeness of God. So look at Genesis 1, 27. It says, so God created man in his own image. Mm -hmm. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So you are made in the image of God. You're not an animal. No matter what they try to tell no you. No matter what new gender identities are coming up with. And it says out of the dust of the ground that he formed man. Look at Genesis. Look at this Look picture. At this, picture this is awesome. If you could see that. It's not an awesome thought, but he took ground and formed it. And the Lord formed the man out of the dust mm. of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So when you look at a human being, I don't care, any human being. Every human being. You are looking, every human being is created in the image and likeness of God. And this is why all human life is so valuable. This is why all human life is so valuable. And this is why you know, we, we, we bring up abortion. This is why abortion is considered taking a life. Yes, yes. You're taking a life. You, I mean, you know, don't put that up yet. Just hold back on that, yeah. Pro-abortion people want you to, uh, to tell you that a baby is simply a, a blob of uh, molecules. Uh, so it really doesn't matter if you go through the abortion. But their claim of this, this simple blob of uh, cells, if unhindered in the womb, 
you see God's perfect design and you see his power. And this is what it, uh, a child looks like at 12 weeks. 12 weeks. Now, so a blob of cells. Can you tell me when is the right time to kill that baby? Yeah. Don't have yeah. sex outside yeah. of marriage. That's right. That's in the Bible too. And we know that's a sense. This is a sensitive topic. Yeah. But we bring it up also because elections are coming up, and we're we're also voting for people. Right. And who this is a big issue in our nation. Right. And our government is is propagating uh, abortion. And if you really want to look at anything that's tied to abortion, you can go all the way back to uh, its uh, demonic worship. And the devil will take praise any way he can take it. So if uh, it's Moloch, the, the god, uh, the ancient god Moloch, who demanded innocent uh, blood to be shed for him. And this country is sanctioning abortion, not just in the United States, but all over the world. It, it, all over the world. And it's, there are uh, woke companies now that are adding to their uh, health benefits that we will give you uh, transportation to uh, get your abortion in their benefit package. And the key is here, to my knowledge, all the Democratic con uh, candidates in Pennsylvania are uh, pro-abortion. Uh, and this is their 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 casual uh, pro-abortion belief is that uh, my life is my own. I'm in charge of my life. And if you were with us here uh, last week, you're going to see and connect that that thought is to the same thought as the fall of man, uh, because after creation was the fall, and Genesis simply tells us how the world got into such a mess that it's in right now and all the brokenness. And it was, it was from Adam and Eve's sin. Yeah. Um, we'll go to the next. Slide. And it goes back to the idea that mankind is their own authority. We are our own authority. Uh, the temptation from the serpent was to eat because uh, if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, then you will uh, be like God. You'll know the difference between uh, evil and good. Do you know that all they knew was good? And the idea behind it was that they would experience spiritually the evil and the good. And when they partook of it, they rejected God's authority over them and decided that they could be their own authority. And what happens, we know that God's warning came true because... Let every man be a liar and God be true. Amen? They disobeyed God's command. Their eyes were open. They were able to partake spiritually of good and evil. And spiritually, their, their nature changed. And that's why it's important that every man understand it's not just actually the act of sin. It's that you have a nature inside of you that must be changed. That's why God says that Jesus says you must be born again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that if I'm just a good kid or a good person all my life, then I'm ready to go. You, you know, everybody know Mother Teresa? 
Yeah, amazing woman who did amazing good work. You know that if she wasn't born again, she'd never make it to heaven. And then what happened is that God had to banish them from the garden and he and from the tree of life. And they became uh, spiritually dead is really what has happened. And that sin nature passed on from them to every single person who walked on the earth except Jesus Christ. And the devil was so excited because God's prized possession, his prized creation, was now separated from him and had death lodged within him. And man had no way to get that out. No way. And they were separated from God. So as the story goes, there's creation... Then there's the fall in the first three chapters. You already see the sin. And you begin to, just the following pages, you see the destruction yeah. that sin causes in humans and in the world around us. But then God the Father, thank God he had a plan. Amen. You know, the plan of redemption, as it's called, to buy back or reclaim what he rightfully mm-hmm. owned, Amen. which he wanted people. He wanted his people. He wanted his family. And so in the Old Testament, we see how God sets in motion a plan to restore or redeem mankind. And he does it by choosing to create a nation of people that he calls his chosen people, Israel. All right. And and he chose them not because they were particularly good people. They, They weren't. Scripture tells us that he didn't choose. Don't think I chose you because of some goodness of your own. He chose them. Because of he, he needed a man, he need, and he chose Abraham, actually. Abraham. Uh, he made a promise to Abraham that the Messiah, the seed of the Messiah, would come through Abraham's lineage, all right? And he chose Abraham because he knew Abraham would teach his children That's right. to follow God, to know God and follow God. This is very important that we understand that. But as many generations passed, as you read the Old Testament, Israel as a nation goes through these cycles of serving God, loving God, obeying God, keeping the law, only to then slowly, as they prospered, they would forget God. They forgot the one who gave them life. They forgot the one who gave them the power to prosper. And they went slowly into sin. They chased after other gods is what they did. They worshiped not the one true God, but they worshiped other gods, man-made gods. And, and when that happened, God punished sin. He called yes. it sin and rebellion. And there was a necessary judgment for sin. And then you saw the, other nations conquer them. They went into captivity. Uh, families hated one another. There was betrayals. There were murders, uh, murdering one another. They lost their way. When you, I, I know as we finally finished the Old Testament, it was almost like, phew, like, come <laughs> How many of you felt like that? (laughs) It's like, I am glad to get into the New Testament. (laughs) This is brutal. Sometimes it seemed brutal. I mean, God would raise up prophets um, to come and call them to repentance and obedience. And they would go through then, their ears would get open, they would listen, they would begin to serve God, keep his law. But it was only always for a little portion of time. As they prospered, it would seem as though... When we prosper in our life, when everything is easy and we have everything we want, we tend to forget God. It's like that today. Yeah. It's, this is why so many people just forget God. It's like, I've got, especially in this nation, we've been a very blessed nation. 
And so it's easy to go, well, why do I need God? I have everything else that, mm. that, I, ha- that, I, that I think that I need. But so they fell into this a pattern again, even after the prophets gave them warnings about, you know, come back to God, you know, that, your, that your rebellion is going to cause God's anger to come upon you and wrath to come upon you and punishment for the sin. Right. And, and it seems, like I said, as though sometimes in the Old Testament, it looked like it was brutal. In God's rebellion, or, or the sinfulness and their rebellion, it was easy to think as you were reading, man, it seems like God punished sin more severely in the Old Testament than he does in the New. And when you get to the New, it seems as though he's pretty lenient about sin. You can think that. <laughs> but he's not. No, he's not. Because... You know, God blessed his, loved and blessed his children for, for serving him and obeying him in the Old, just like he does in the New. But God is and remains... Yes. Uh, completely just, and he punishes sin, he punishes evil, he punishes rebellion also in the New Testament, right. just as he did in the Old. Well, you, read, yeah. you keep reading the New Testament, you get to the book of Revelation, uh, we'll pick it up in Revelation chapter 6, that's when God's wrath and his judgment against sin and ungodliness will be uh, fully poured out upon those who refuse him, uh, those who disobey him. And those who uh, refuse to believe. Uh, we got to remember that the book of Revelation is not just a book about uh, apocalyptic uh, endings of what we consider our time here and in this age. But if you look at Revelation chapter 1 verse 1, it is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, very That's the important thing. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. You could read that and think it's the revelation of the Antichrist, but it's not. It's, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes, and it's bringing the culmination when you read Revelation of the restoration. You, yeah, you the full restoration the is full, right. The new heaven and earth. Glory to you begin God. You to see. Well, there's some stuff that happens before we get to the new heaven and the earth. Yeah. Because the punishment, the wrath of God will come upon this earth. All in upon all those who refuse his lordship. Uh, we got to understand, too, that God's wrath was poured on Jesus while he was on the cross. Yes. All right? He took the punishment, yeah. Then he made that available for anybody who would believe that we can be set free from the law of sin and death. That Jesus can completely forgive us. That we can become part of his family and live with him for eternity. Yeah. But you've got to understand that in this New Testament story, God's anger uh, for sin and upon this world will be satisfied. Yeah. It will be satisfied. He is a just and he is a holy God. And he is a God of love. He is a God of love. God of love also punishes uh, sin and rebellion. Yeah. Just like you, if you, you're, you're a parent, you... You helped your child learn things, didn't you? <laughs> you know, because of Jesus' sacrifice and his willingness to come to allow God to put the wrath of God upon him, which makes the way for our forgiveness of sin, if you had an abortion, or if you were in that decision to have an abortion, if you repent, God can completely forgive you Amen. and wash you clean. Amen. There is nothing that the power of blood cannot overcome. That's right. This is, this is a very important thing. 
You know, you don't, God doesn't want his children to be sitting underneath guilt and shame. And when we come to Christ and we ask him to forgive us, we repent of our sin. We, we wholeheartedly repent of our sin and ask him to forgive us. He is faithful and just to forgive us all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. It says that he was raised up from the dead when you and I were justified. That means just as if sin never occurred in your life. This is the power of the blood. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this is what will keep us from the wrath of God, of things to come. Yes. Because it is true. It's creation. It's the fall. It's the redemption and then the restoration. Right. You know, he wants to adopt everybody into his family. God says he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Right. I mean, he, this is, he's long suffering and patient he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth he's waiting for people to turn there comes a time when that's the limit because god knows all things right. he knows when yeah. the last person on this planet will accept him yeah. and so therefore then his holiness and his justice will punish sin and rebellion right. and it's going to be amazing. So when we, come, when we think about the Old Testament and the New, like in the, the, we have Jesus coming. I think why we, we tend to feel like, well, there's the, you don't see punishment for sin, but we, we see Jesus coming as a meek, yeah. you know, humble and meek, riding on a donkey because he comes as a lamb to be slain for the sins of the world. And so this is what we're seeing of Jesus when he comes in the New Testament. He be, he, he's the son of God, but he humbled himself, yes. left the glories and perfection of heaven to become like us, to take on our form, to become like us in human form. And he, he's born a sinless birth. I mean, he's born yes. of a virgin. He comes into what I would call a sin-sick world, a broken world. And he willingly gives his life, okay? He, he sheds his blood on the cross. It was his blood that was necessary because without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin, right. is what Scripture says. And so this was his mission. This was why Jesus came. This is why you see God coming in such humility. Yes. Willing to die on the cross for us. It's, the Scripture says he did not come into this world to condemn the world for sin. He came to save. This, in his first coming, he's coming to save us from yes. our sin. And the power of sin. That's right. And eternal death. So the, the message of salvation, the gospel message, which we endeavor to preach every week in some form or fashion, is to yep. help people understand for we pray that people would have ears to hear and understand. I need to repent. I need to turn from following my evil ways and turn and, and get for, for free forgiveness from the Lord. Yes. While it's, While it's time, is right. Believe the truth because the salvation is a free gift. It's not something you can earn, just like what Pastor Steve was saying. I could, do, I could live a really good life, but one sin would ruin it. And there's not one person who could live their life sinless, is there? 
No, we've all sinned and fallen short of the That's glory right. of God. <clears throat> That's right. So our salvation <clears throat> is received by faith in what Jesus did, but it's not just to say, I believe what you did. It's giving my life to him. Yeah. And in return, I desire to obey and follow his ways and then bear fruit that actually is evidence of who I say I love and I serve. Yes. This is important. Yeah. But you look around and not all people are going to believe. Not all people are believing, are they? No. no. You know, we they come see under it. that saving power of Christ. Yeah, we see it magnified, actually, sin and rebellion. It's abounding all over the world. And not just in America, it's all over the world. Uh, uh, we read in Revelation, the wrath of God is coming. Uh, it will be poured out on everyone who rejects him. It, it's, so he came I, as a baby, <laughs> the lamb, the first time, yes. But he's coming back like we had on that last slide. Mm -hmm. As king of kings and lord of lords. <laughs> Yeah, well, take a look at this scripture. You know, this is pretty awesome here. Turn to Revelation 19. <clears throat> we see the character of Christ. Yeah. I mean, we see when Jesus appeared to John on the island Patmos, you know, John was with him for three and a half years, day and night. He was with him. But then when he appeared to him in the book of Revelations on the island Patmos, uh, it says that, he, he appeared to him in his glory, and John fell to the earth as though he was a dead man. And it is like, John must be said, whoa, we never saw you like this. <laughs> it's because he kept it from him, just like he kept people from, on the road to Emmaus is another example. He kept his identity from them. He only showed him, but now he's revealing his, his complete self to John on the aisle. In verse 9, or chapter 19, it says, John says, I saw heaven opened, and there was a white horse, and he who sat on it was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, look at this, he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head there are many crowns, and has a name that no one knows but himself. He's clothed with a white robe dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. The armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. And out of his mouth proceeded a sharp sword with which he may strike the nations. He shall rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury and the wrath of the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings. And Lord, Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. We can't forget this part of Jesus' character. That's right. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of times, what's going to happen is when God starts to judge America, which we are under right now, that uh, because the church hasn't really given the full gospel, uh, people are not going to understand the judgments of God. They're going to make up their own God. God is love. My God would never do that. My God, my God, my God. Well, we, we're here at this. We follow the God of the Bible. We yeah. find out who he is and we walk with him. Uh, you know, <laughs> it seems like people are getting away with a lot, doesn't it? Yes. But God's like judgment, it. it's not immediate, but it's imminent. Okay. Yeah. And... It's inevitable. 
Yes. It will happen. Yes. And so this is why you and I need to get serious about our faith. Yes. We can't just play church, pretend church. We have to actually be the bride of Christ. Amen. We have to be those people who he's called as ambassadors, which means that we have to know what the kingdom's about, which means we have to know the character of Christ so that we could represent him well. Yeah. He is love, but he yeah. is just. He's holy. Right. And love demands justice. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, you say sin demands justice, and it does. But love will bring justice. Yep. And God is long-suffering. I mean, as yes. much as he hates sin uh, and has to punish sin because he's a just judge. The, he, you can't get away. No one will get away with sin. Thank God, under our covenant, we can ask God to forgive us. Yes. And we could walk free and walk, you know, not feeling condemned. Right. So, but it's, it's, it's intense because when you read Revelation, there's some... Intensity to the wrath poured out. And as intense as his anger is over sin, his love for people is even more intense. You see, God is long-suffering. This is what the New Testament time, this yeah. age of grace is about. He's not willing that any perish, That's that right. all would come to repentance. He, want, he, gave, he came to give his life as a ransom for people now so the people could hear and go, I need that, I want that. So that none would perish and come, all would come to the knowledge of the truth. Yes. Because at the core of the human condition, this is part of the creation and then the fall, at the core of that issue is, is sin. Yes. That's what happened in the fall. And sin separated us from a holy God. And we have all then, everyone born into the earth comes into the earth under the judgment or the wrath of God. Otherwise, we don't understand that. We don't. We, we just think, well, life is beautiful, and we get up in the morning, and we think, but the truth of the matter in the big story, we've come up, we are under the wrath of God. And this is why the good news of the gospel is Amen. so great. Yes. It's the greatest news the world has ever heard. It's like, you don't have to be under the wrath of God. You can give your life to me. It's a, I gave you life, which yeah. we... See, we've thrown God so far out of the picture, we don't even acknowledge that you gave me life. It's mm. like what you said, well, I can do what I want. I can be who I want. It's my truth. We've thrown out God's truth. And so everybody's so, con people are confused. Yeah. But there is a coming judgment that we're warned of in Scripture. The wrath for sin that will be poured out. But the good news is you can escape it. And hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, we don't know how much. We will experience the birth pains because Scripture tells us that there will be early birth pains that will be coming upon the earth. And we're going right? through them now. Before the seven-year tribulation begins, there's a seven-year, last seven years at the end of this age the Bible talks about. But again, we can, this is when the wrath of God will be poured out. But we can take heart knowing, look, 1 Thessalonians 5.9. Yeah, this is awesome. The true believers are not appointed to the wrath of God. This is great news. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 says, for God has not appointed us to incur his wrath. He didn't select us to condemn us, but that we might obtain his salvation through yes. our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So there's going to be a final seven years of tribulation that will come upon the earth. Uh, 
The last three are called the great tribulation, the worst of it all, yes. really. And it'll come upon all the people who were alive on the earth at that time. There'll be great wars. This is what scripture, I'm, we're not going to turn to it, but scripture talks about great wars that will happen. There are going to be economic, economic strongholds. There'll be famines. Banks will fail. Yep. There'll be lack. There'll be famines. There'll be plagues. It even talks about stars falling from, asteroids falling from. A one world government. A the one, sky. Yep. Horrible pain. It, there are scriptures that say at one time, one third of the earth, the people of the earth will die. One third of the earth. One third of the earth. Yeah. One third of the people that are living on the earth. So the last seven years of this world and age as we know it is when the Antichrist will come upon the scene. He'll come upon the world scene. He's going to make, there'll be a lot of turmoil, obviously. He's going to make a peace alliance with Israel. He'll seem to have all the answers. Yeah. And then for the first three and a half years, there'll be seemingly peace. But in the middle of that three and a half years, he breaks the covenant with yes. Israel. And he sets himself up as God in the newly built temple in Jerusalem and desires what he's always desired, Antichrist. This is the image of Satan, world domination. Yes. This is what he was trying to do in the garden. And this is what he's thinking he's going to finally fulfill as a world dominator. Rulership and, and worship. He wants worship. That's he why abortion worship. is actually a worship of he, satanic being. And he, he's going to require it. Scripture says he will require it through limiting yes. of buying and selling. Like, so if you want food, if you want material resources, if you want your business transactions to go through, Come unless on. you agree to have his mark on your hand or your forehead, you won't be able to buy or sell. And the problem, the dilemma for those seven years on the earth for people that are alive at this time is going to be knowing that Scripture says anybody who takes that mark, you might as well be saying, I worship Satan, is really what that this Scripture says. You, Turn to Revelation yeah. 14, 9 to 11. We're going to read this right out of God's Word. Revelation 14, 9. This is so important that we understand the big picture. Right. Right. Are you ready? Yep. We, I hear pages still turning. That's good. Revelations 14. Then the third angel followed them saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or in his hand, he himself shall drink, also drink the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out in full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, and their smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image. And whoever receives the mark of his name. It'll be better for you to have your head cut off. It'll be better for you to be thrown in prison. Because the Bible declares in this time, those who go to prison will go to prison. Those who will be martyred will be martyred. Uh, but that's just a moment of time in compared to eternity. It's 
the whole economy of this planet will be hinged on the mark of the beast. And there's going to be many tribulations. And if you look and you read through that, it's surprising to me because uh, it just happened to me personally. And I know a lot of people that when trouble happened to me and I was overcome by the trouble that was involved with my life early on in the 70s, I uh, had no way to help myself. And so I turned to God. And in these times, when it all is <laughs> coming to an end, uh, the Bible declares a couple of times in here that they still refuse to repent of their murders, of their sorceries, of their love for money. You know, some people could escape during that time, you know, living off the grid as we've, we've heard. And there will be people and there will be some nations that will refuse the leadership of the Antichrist but uh, they will uh, have a very, very difficult time. And, and there'll and, be many tribulation saints that will be martyred. Scripture yes. talks about a lot of yes, martyrdom during that time. Mad, matter of fact, chapter 6 talks mark. about yeah. uh, a, a number too great to count. There'll be a, a tremendous amount. Because the true church, in my opinion, will be raptured out before and then the seven years will come. And I do believe that many people who attend church but don't and have not truly been born again uh, will recognize oh my gosh this is true and I'm getting my life back to Christ because I know what it's going to happen you know God is bringing a kingdom here it's more than just having our sins forgiven it's more than just all the blessings that uh, it seems like the American church chases after uh, this this is a kingdom coming here. And we, in a democracy, don't really even know what a kingdom is about. This is a king. What the king says is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, there's no opposition to a king. It just happened in China, as a matter of fact. It happens in Saudi Arabia also. And we're finding that God loves holiness. He loves righteousness. He loves peace and joy, harmony. And that's what he's bringing yeah. here in the kingdom. He's going to remove everything that doesn't fit with that. Everything, everything that, that hinders mm -hmm. knowing him, hinders his love, hinders righteousness, and hinders the worship of Jesus. Because Jesus is, like you said, coming back. He's going to set up a kingdom here on this earth. And of course, Satan hates this final outcome. <laughs> he knows what the word of God says. World domination, again, has been his goal since the garden. And, what, and Adam and Eve forfeited it, yes. right? And so Satan has been working, and he's mightily at work now. How does he work? He works in the minds and hearts of people. That's right. He's called the prince of the power of the air. He influences people's thoughts and therefore influences their beliefs. He tells them lies. You're the creator of your own destiny. There is no male and female. There, there are, I mean, all these things that we're hearing now, all of it, to throw confusion into God's original plan. Yep. Male and female. And family. Follow your own truth. Yeah, and breaking up the meaning of family. And it's, this is why you see the confusion in the world that we see. This is why you see the pain, the suffering, all the evil practices, some of the things that I read about, hear about happening in schools and 
I just think this is satanic. Yeah. It's so much the flooding of the world with satanic thought. So many are being deceived. Look what 2 Thessalonians yeah. 2 says this. For the coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Yeah. So God is sending, therefore God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who didn't believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Yes. This is so big for us to understand. God is sending a delusion. See, we, we look at what's happening in the minds of people, and it's, all, it's as though God is giving them over to their sin. They love unrighteousness. They hate the truth. And so we're seeing what we're seeing with these crazy mindsets in people. Yeah. I think this is the delusion playing out right here in our world. They want it. That's true. And so a sin and rebellion against God and the delusion, I would say, reaches its peak which I believe we're nearing. Yes. You know, and when every people group on earth has heard the gospel, then Jesus Hallelujah. says, then the yes. end will come. So we're, we're, we're heading towards that day. We want everybody to hear. We want everybody that can be saved to be saved. And so this, the gospel message is just so much bigger, again, about than forgiveness, as wonderful as that is. Come on. He's coming to set up a kingdom. Yes. This is the big story. <laughs> This is the creation, the fall, the redemption. Then we get to the, the, the restoration Hallelujah. of all things. Yes. This is why Jesus prayed to the Father. Remember, teach us to pray. Mm -hmm. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as yes. it is in heaven. And that's going to happen. The Father's going to have his way. Hallelujah. going to have his way. <laughs> the king's coming. Yes, the kingdom is coming. You know, when Jesus healed the sick, opened blind eyes, you know, cast devils out, raise the dead. You yeah. know, he was manifesting the, the coming kingdom. fullness of yes. the kingdom of God. Yeah. Life. 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 Pure yeah. life. Pure love. And, and that's why we need glorified bodies to live in the presence of God like he yeah. is. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eternal life is with, with Christ. Yes. And it, it, again, it, we've got to understand as believers, what our responsibility is, is, is not just coming to receive all the blessings of God. That's part of it. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Yeah. But yet we have a responsibility. Amen? Amen? And the responsibility we have to put on our shoulders. We have to actually say, I'm willing to take my part in the kingdom. And that means that uh, people are going to hate you. Jesus himself said the whole world is going to hate you because of my name. Yeah. We're getting to that point right now, folks. We're getting to that point. Yeah. But you and I, listen, we have to dig in. Yeah. We have to, because the storms of life are going to come against us yeah. in, in a stronger way, I believe, well, here I mean, in America. Yeah. When we have to, we'll be, we'll be forced to choose. Yes. And that's good. What will you believe? Where will you stand? That's good. Because at some point, I mean, I've, I hear people say this now. Well, that's, that's such an old fashioned way to think. No, it's, <laughs> truth <laughs> is never old fashioned. Not with the Lord. Come on. And so we, 
We will be, he, the scripture says he's going to shake everything that can be shaken so that what cannot be shaken that's, will remain. That's his what word. cannot be shaken mm-hmm. is the truth. Standing on his word. And so we're, as every day, you know, you're reading about, hearing about these things. We have to make decisions. Where will we stand? Yep. What will we say? Will we speak up? Will we stand for truth? When you look at the big story, it gets easier, I believe, because you begin to understand why you're here, mm-hmm. that we are salt and light. Come on. In a, you know, in a corrupted place. That's what salt does. We're light and darkness. Yes. And so we, when we talk about the big story, you know, it, it's a story of God's love for people. And the fall, what, what, what Satan did, he came to steal, kill, and to destroy. Yes. Jesus came to give us life. Yeah, and that more abundantly. Hallelujah. And we will experience that great abundant life when we come to eternal life with him. But it, it, your life, your life is a part of a much bigger story. Yes. You need to ask God about that. Any, any genuine person who will ask, seek, and knock, Jesus said, I'll open that door. I will give you answers <laughs> yes. to where you came from, why you're here, where you're going, what my plan and purpose is for your life. Have you asked him that question? You, you need to seriously yeah. ask him that question. You came from God. You were made in his image and likeness. And that makes your life valuable. That makes everyone's life valuable. Yes. And we are here to tell people that. We can't, the church cannot be silent. Our silence will allow people to perish and go That's to hell. That's correct. That's yeah. right. I mean, you're here because God wanted you here. For such a time as this, you're in the earth. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. Have you asked him about it? Yes. Sincerely. God, show me what my, what, why you put me here. You have gifts and callings that God wants to open up and show you. It takes faith. Yes. It takes believing. I mean, he created you, why? To be loved. Hallelujah. He created, in in love, it says in Ephesians, before the foundation of the world, he planned in love to have you adopted into his family. You know, if we just look at the wrath of God, we think, he's angry at me. Well, he... (laughs) He's angry over what sin is doing in your life is yeah. what he's angry about. And he made a way for us to be free from the power of sin. And so we, we, when we believe and we say, yes, Jesus, you know, then he begins, he opens that door in your heart yeah. to understanding the truth in this. And it gives you confidence to live, confidence to know when I get up in the morning, my life is not just some random accident. I mean, evolution teaches you just came from a molecule somewhere billions of years ago. It's nonsense, really. And even science knows it's nonsense. They're just keeping that hidden. They can't explain the breath of life. But we can understand. We can understand the story. Hallelujah. You know, and it's our prayer today that, you know, if you came here this morning and you've never made... May Jesus, the Lord of your life, never ask him into your heart. Today's the day of salvation. Yes. There's no reason to live under the wrath of God. Come out. Come into new life. He says when you give your life to him, he will make you a new creation. All things pass away. 
the sin nature passes away. All things become new and all things are of God. Is there anybody here today? You're wondering, I don't know that I'm saved, like Pastor Steve said earlier, unless you're born again. You'll never see the kingdom of God. Anybody here today who wants to give their life to Christ? I would encourage you. I see. I don't see any hands raised. You know people. Yes. You know people. You have friends that don't know Jesus. I'm sure you do. Co-workers, neighbors. Family members. Family members. Ask God to help you to share the gospel with them. Help you to open the door to their under, to understand eternal life and what's at stake. And what about the people here that are born again? book of Revelation gives us another warning too. Jesus says those who are lukewarm he'll spew out of his mouth. That's, that's, we got to judge ourselves. I mean this is one thing that we've said this over and over. It says Lord I want you to shock me now not later. Yeah. Because yeah. if he shocks me now then I have an opportunity to change my ways yeah. with his strength his power his wisdom so that I might be fruitful in his kingdom. And that's up that's up to you. Nobody's going to do that except you. We will encourage you. This this whole church family will encourage you. You know, what have you been reading? What's God been saying to you? We've got to take it serious. And, and make it simple prayers. Let's just bow our heads. We just pray. You know, I, I think about that song that we sang, Go Come to the Altar. Yes. Well, there's an altar in our heart under the new covenant. So we just bow our heads. We're coming to you. Holy Father, we're thanking you, Lord. I thank you for the plan of redemption. Yes. I thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. I thank you that his bloodshed freed us from our sin and our past and gives us the hope of a living hope not only in this life but an eternal life with you Father help us help me I pray you just make a prayer like this personal help me to live for you God if you need to repent repent of living outside of the will of God God sees everything he's not there to condemn he's calling you to turn away from it sin will destroy your life I thank you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you help us to walk out our salvation under the power of God, that we would bear good fruit for you in the days to come. Help us, Lord, to share our light, the hope that we have within us. Lord, that many would be saved in these final days. We worship you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We look forward to living with you for all eternity heaven and here on the earth in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Amen